Don't worry about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Don't worry about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right. Or if you have a nasty rash keeping you up at night. Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about, about a thing. Don't worry. <laughs> Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Hey, I'm Jane Oakley, a Matilda alumni footballer, number 36, and you're listening to Radio Karen. Stay tuned. You're listening to Rowan Perant Method, where myself and a unique guest discuss topics that I find interesting and that you might find relevant to your life. Today is actually a solo episode, so you might be watching this on a Facebook Live, shout out to anyone that is. Otherwise, you might be listening live through Radio Karam, or you might be listening to the replay on Spotify, Audible, Apple, or SoundCloud. I didn't have a guest tonight, and I have been quite slack with podcasts recently, and I've had a number of people going, look, you know, I've consumed all your podcast episodes, we need more. So I've been doing my best to get guests on, but this is a difficult time of the year. Obviously, everyone's got commitments, and I didn't have anyone booked for tonight. But after a gentle nudge from a friend, Sam, who said that she actually enjoyed my solo episodes, I threw something together not long ago, so we're going to see how it goes. The idea is a hundred and something lessons or things that you need to know to get the most out of life. Now, this is pretty much just me writing down random lines and things that came to mind just shortly before coming here. And I'm just going to elaborate on them. So some might contain more content. Some might have less than others. Some might be, you know, not right up your alley and others really might resonate with you. First one, and these are in no particular order, no particular level of importance or anything like that. It's just literally things that came to mind as I was spitballing ideas. So we're going to see how we go. Number one, your life is your responsibility. It's all on you. It's no one else's responsibility. It is literally all on you. And I know that's really difficult to hear. And I know that there's been plenty of times where I've shied away from that myself. There's always justifications, reasons, you know, there's setbacks. You have to wait for the right time or someone else to do something and someone else has the power to do it. It's their fault, etc. These stories that we have that pretty much pass the blame onto someone else. And it takes us away from the ownership of our life and our habits and our behaviours, which means we essentially have no control. It is your responsibility. You have to take responsibility for your life. And don't get me wrong, there are some things that have happened to you in the past that were completely and utterly out of your control. And I'm not saying that they were your fault in any way, shape or form, particularly like things considering abuse, trauma, anything like that, natural disasters, etc. But how you choose to respond to those situations are completely in your control. And they are, in fact, your responsibility. What you choose to do with the resources that you have and how you choose to spend your time, it's all on you, man. So... It's important for you to consider where can you take responsibility for your life, the good and the bad, not just the good bits, not just the wins, not the nice shiny parts, but the parts you're not so happy with, and then hold yourself accountable to change it. Number two, this sort of flows on from number one, no one is coming to save you. And you know what? They shouldn't have to. It is your job to save yourself. No one else is meant to be the hero. You're meant to be the hero of your life. That's it. 
people can help you and people can guide you and people can support you and you can rely on friends and family, etc. But essentially, as I said, it's all on you with step one. No one is coming to save you. You have to save yourself. Number three, use what you've got. I've seen a lot of really capable, talented individuals that just struggle to take action and move from where they are because they feel that they need the next step, the next qualification, the next skill, the next piece of information, the next part all the time. There's always something in the future that they're lacking right now that hopefully will come that will allow them to take the necessary action that they really want to be doing. But essentially, you've just got to use what you've got. You've got a bunch of unique resources and skills and talents and things at your disposal that you could be capitalizing on right now. And it might not be ideal and it might not be the great toolkit that someone else has, but it's probably good enough to be able to get you moving in the right direction. Expanding on using what you've got, think about resources. I'll give you a little bit of an example. I'm always a big advocate for cold water therapy. I do my cold showers, met Wim Hof years ago. Bought a cold plunge, haven't really been using it uh, due to an injury, so I can't really fit inside. It's a little bit small. But I live right near the beach. During COVID, I was going down doing bay swims quite, quite regularly and I just haven't been capitalizing on it. It's like when you hear people that have that swimming pool and they just never use it. So what have you got at your disposal? Do you have access to certain things that other people don't have access to? Do you have a certain set of skills? Do you have someone in your social network that might be able to provide information? Tap into the resources that you have because you already have a bunch of things in your favor that can actually help you moving forward. So I encourage you, reflect on what you've got. Use it to your advantage. And this goes for your strengths as well. Any of the things that you got that come naturally to you, everyone has a big focus on weaknesses and they're always trying to work with them. If you focus on what's actually naturally coming to you, what's a natural unique skill set that you have and turn it into a superpower, use it, man, because you know that's stuff that people can't buy. That is something uniquely unique to you, and you may as well be capitalizing on it. Number four, failure isn't final. Unless you mean it, unless you make it mean final. I've known a lot of people that are so scared of failure, and if we really look at it, it's not the failure, it's the judgment that we think comes from failure. We have such a big culture around success where we're prioritizing people succeeding, and we love these underdog stories and success stories and people rising up and overcoming adversity. But we don't acknowledge all the people that fail along the way or that learn valuable lessons along the way. And there are many successful people out there that have failed so many times before they got to that success. And other people are too scared of failure. Maybe they have one little bit of a criticism or less than desirable outcome. And they're scared of it because of the judgment, either from themselves or from other people and that stigma that's attached for pursuing something that you want and not getting the desired outcome. And that really doesn't encourage you to take action and move forward. Every failure that you've had, you can use as a springboard to move forward if you learn from that. Because it's all an experiment, which is another thing that we're going to talk about later. You know, everyone's pretty much just winging it in life anyway. Some things, you know, and if you look at success at the end of the day, even if you looked at, you know, winning teams uh, for a particular event or if it's an individual or a team sport, it also is dependent on the weather, what's going on in the other teammates' lives, who's actually involved in the competition, so it's not necessarily the title. There's all these other external variables that are actually contributing to the outcome. So I'd encourage you to really not be so stressed about perceived failure or the risk of failure, or even if you get a you know, less than desirable outcome, just use it to keep moving forward. If you look at people like Thomas Edison that failed numerous times to create things like the light bulb or Nikola Tesla, if you really want to look at it, 
But moving forward, you know, it's, it's essential. It's part of growth because you're trying new things. You're stepping out of your comfort zone and you're exploring things that you really don't understand yet. And there is going to be some area where you're going to fail. And it's like looking at people that, you know, expect to be a black belt straight away in a martial art. No one starts off a black belt. You start off as a white belt. You can be a talented white belt, but you're still a white belt. So go through the process of failing and learning and adapting and growing and continuing to move forward and consistently moving. Number five, create more. I think a big issue that a lot of people have, particularly in modern society, is that we're consuming more than we're creating. We're constantly bombarded with information here, there, and everywhere. We've got all these people flooding our news feeds with information, and we're constantly just gathering it, gathering it, gathering it. We're not really putting anything out into the world, most of us anyway, not in the right ratios. So this goes for creating anything, be creating a new business, creating a new concept, starting... And you know, it could be even social media, so you're actually contributing to other people consuming. But there's a number of things that you could be doing, looking at art, music, so many things that you can use to express yourself and apply the things that you've learned and look for that inspiration and use it to create something that someone else can enjoy and that you can be in that process of making something bigger than yourself, something external, something that's a part of you that's actually come from you. So I encourage you to start exploring where can you create more in your life because it is a really unique skill it is very, very therapeutic and it's a great way to heal, to process emotions. There's literally endless possibilities and benefits that come with creating. So I encourage you, look for ways to create more in your life. And you can start small, draw a picture, you know, write some poetry, get a journal and get your thoughts out on paper. There's a number of things that you can do. You can even include other people in it. You can make a creative writing piece with your kids if you're a parent and they could draw the pictures. There's so many things that you can do, but I encourage you to create more. Looks like I've got something that's edited in here and I've got the numbers wrong, so we're going to skip that. Number six, learn to rest. Now, this is a hard one. Even I struggle with this right now despite the fact that I preach it. The mind says, particularly with this hustle culture that we have, where everyone's focused on modern society of being 1% better every day, striving, pushing, be bigger than your excuses, drive, 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 success, 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 you know, 1% better, all these, these uh, metaphors that people are throwing out there to keep pushing you to the limit. And yes, there is a time and a place for that. That is true. If you're the person that's spending every night sitting on the couch eating a packet of Doritos and not doing the things that you really should be doing you probably need to be bigger than your excuses and not just rely on the way that you're feeling in terms of motivation. For, for those people out there that are actually striving, for those people that are actually working towards something, for even for those people that are maintaining a household and parenting, you need to learn to rest. Athletes need to rest. If you look at sport, you look at gym, for example, you don't get bigger, stronger, faster, more powerful when you actually do the workout. That doesn't happen. The benefits from exercise actually come when we adapt to the exercise. So when we rest and go into the parasympathetic nervous system, that's when the adaptation takes place and that's when we get bigger, stronger, faster, more powerful. So if you're constantly thrashing yourself every day at the gym, you're not actually getting any recovery and you're not resting, you're not getting the benefits that you're hoping to get from the exercise itself. And that pretty much applies to everything in life. New neural pathways are actually formed when we learn information and retain it and our memory improves once we go to rest. So if you're tired, rest, man, because you're not operating at your best and everyone and everything that depends on you is suffering as a result. 
If you're looking at performance and you think you don't have time to rest, you definitely need to be looking at resting. This goes to entrepreneurs, corporates, athletes, family members, parents, absolutely anyone that is doing something where they're applying themselves consistently over time. You must be prioritizing your rest. I'm not saying stop completely, but use it as a springboard. Rest for a moment, gather yourself and then project yourself forward. But you must learn to rest. And this is a reminder to myself because I'm still wrapping my head around it. Number seven, understanding stress. So this is a good one. A lot of people have different opinions of stress. So it depends on who you ask. Most people think of workplace or mental stress. But when you look at what actually takes place when you actually encounter stress, stress well, it's associated with stress hormones. You've got adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, all these things that start really being released in your body. Heart rate goes up, respiratory rate goes up. Number of things happen when you're actually undergoing stress, whether it's real, a real threat or perceived threat or anything that's actually stimulating in some way, shape or form. And you can look at it down the other way that there's distress, things that we really don't like that aren't helping us and you stress, things that are actually positive that are helping us grow. At the end of the day, it's still all stress. So if you're spending your days constantly stressed all the time, moving from one fire to the next, ongoing, stress hormones pumping through your body, it's not a good outcome. There is actually a limited amount of resources that your body can process. So hypothetically, you said you want to keep throwing in more training on top of an already big training program and a busy life. There becomes a point where the body can't start, it actually can't derive enough energy from the food that you're consuming. So it's not just as simple as increasing more food. And when this happens, the body starts taking resources away from other areas. So it starts impacting your immune system, starts impacting your hormone regulation. A number of things start happening because we don't have enough resources to continue functioning in that state. With stress, another thing I found really interesting is the way that you frame it. So some people, when they think of stress, they think that it's a a disadvantage. You know, they're going through too much stress and it's going to negatively impact performance. Whereas other people use it as a way to accelerate their performance and they perform under the pressure. Now that I believe is correct for things like acute stress, where there's short-term periods of stress, usually self-imposed or something maybe that's demanding in pursuit of a goal, but you're not meant to live in a chronic state of stress regardless. But there was a study that was done I forgot the name of the university. I really should have looked it up before I came here. But they did a study where they had a group of participants and they got half the people to watch. They, everyone did a test and they got half the people to watch a short video tutorial saying that stress was detrimental to performance. And they had the other half of the people of the group actually watch a video saying that stress is actually enhancing for performance. And as a result, as you would expect, the people that saw that stress was a disadvantage performed negatively on the next test and the people that viewed it as an advantage that was actually enhancing actually boosted their performance in the next test. So make what you want of this, but consider how do you think about stress? What does stress mean to you? Do you think that it's enhancing? Do you think it's a disadvantage? Are you using it acutely? Things like fasting, things like high-intensity exercise, things like homeostasis where you're trying to do cold plunges or sauna or you're living in a chronic state of stress all the time because we're not meant to operate that way. Number eight, the region beta paradox. I actually had a friend tell me about this concept a while ago. I actually asked my opinion on it and I wasn't familiar with it at the time. But it's a very interesting concept. The idea is that things need to get so bad before you'll actually do anything about them. 
And if they're just not that bad yet, you're just going to continue tolerating it because there's no sense of urgency. It is not that bad enough. And you hear this when people say they need to hit rock bottom before they make changes. A lot of people talk about it with mental health, addiction, various things, or any sort of behavior change. And this really shouldn't be the case, but quite often it is. So I'd encourage you, be aware of this and ask yourself, you know, is this bad enough for me to make some changes or how bad does it need to get before I actually do the right thing and pursue something that I want and make the changes that are necessary for me to live a happy, healthy, successful life? Because it shouldn't need to get that bad. You shouldn't have to get to rock bottom. So I'd encourage you, reflect on where you're at right now. If it's not satisfactory, if you're not happy with your situation and you have the capacity to change it, that I encourage you to consider ways that you can improve on the situation. Don't wait till you're backed into a corner before you decide to do something about it. Number nine, be present. So the word being present gets thrown around a lot. People talk about it in mindfulness, spirituality, being present when you're engaging in conversation with active listening. There are so many different things that you can look at with being present. I think one of the biggest things that robs our attention right now, being present with friends and family, is devices particularly the mobile phones. And I know that I will instinctively grab my phone and I don't even, I'm not even aware that I'm doing it. It robs us of being present in the present moment. We're just scanning, scrolling for that dopamine hit or that next meme that's going to somehow change our life because it's out there. That's going to be the one. You'll find it one day. But be present. Put the phone down. Engage. Listen to what your partner has to say. Listen to what your kids have to say. And this is a reminder to myself. I try to actively do it and I try to set plenty of time away from devices. But old habits die hard. It's something that you know we're inclined to reach for. You see many people out at dinner and they're scrolling through their phone. They're really not connecting with people. So I encourage you, find ways to be present. And that could be engaging in some mindfulness activities. We've had plenty of people coming on talking about mindfulness. There's so many options. You can literally check in through your five senses, scanning your surroundings, internal sensations. There's so many things that you can do. Be present when you're washing the dishes instead of mindlessly doing it. Be present when you're eating dinner. Be mindful of the process of actually doing it, appreciating where the food's come from, the process that it's taken to get from wherever it was made or created and then delivered to the supermarket by a truck and then ended up on your plate and you prepared it. There's so many things that you can be present for. Because many of us are living life on autopilot, constantly distracted. It's the reason why everyone's throwing around the words ADHD now. Apparently everyone's ADHD. I think we're just addicted to the screen, to be brutally honest. Don't get me wrong, plenty of people do have ADHD. But a lot of people out there, they're just struggling to maintain their attention. And I think a big part of that is the fact that we are not present due to things like devices. Number 10, you can have excuses or you can have results. This is a good one. And it's sort of contradictory to what we were talking about before about, you know, using what you've got and failure is a final bit. Everyone's got excuses. They've got reasons why they're not doing the things they want to do. And, you know, even I have some good reasons sometimes. And we fall into this trap where we tell ourselves this story that it's okay not to do what we know we should be doing. And it really leads us to being unhappy because we're not doing the things that we wish that we could be doing or the things that we potentially could be doing, that we really want to be doing. It's just this story, these excuses. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is there someone else out there with a similar situation to me that has overcome this problem? 
Have they had similar situation? Potentially even worse. Maybe all similar variables, and yes, they are not you, and your situation is uniquely yours, but there are people out there that are probably in a worse predicament than you that have found a way to still achieve what they wanted to do and get the results they were looking for. So I encourage you, reflect on what excuses are getting in your way, particularly for in regards to your happiness, because a lot of these excuses are keeping you stuck and preventing you from living a life that you want, living a life that you dream of, because it's an excuse and it's a cop-out. We always have them. It's just in passing conversation. We throw them around just religiously, just throwing these excuses out there to justify pretty shitty behavior or just things that we're not happy with. Goes into the next one. You can see there's a bit of a flow with this. Number 11, find a way. Again, someone out there somewhere is living the life you want all because they took more action. And I'll point out, I butchered the quote a bit, they're also less qualified than you and they're living the life you want all because they took action. They found a way. So many people have got reasons not to do things. They've got, they've got problems. They're always scanning for these problems. There's going to be critics out there telling you how you can't do it. There is always a way. And you can reflect, has someone else out there achieved this? Has this been possible? You can reflect on the wins that you've had throughout your life. What have you successfully completed despite adversity? Find a way to do it anyway. Be bigger than the excuses. Continue moving forward. Find a way. Number 12, striving versus being. So many A-type personality, pretty much a lot of people out there that are very successful are constantly striving. And it can often come from a place of lack where you feel like you're not quite good enough or you don't have enough resources or you're not quite there yet. And it can lead to a lot of unhappiness. You need to balance that striving with appreciation and acceptance and noticing where you are right now, essentially being and existing. Because as I say, you are a human being, not a human striving or a human doing. And I'm always encouraging people to take action. Big on action, love watching people move from point A to point B, pursuing their goals. But there comes a point, more often than not, I don't mean a point in your life. I mean, you should be actively doing this throughout your week, throughout your day, where you just exist and just appreciate how far you've come and what you've got and count your blessings. Acknowledge everything that's going on in your life. Acknowledge that you're a human being with human needs and you don't always need to be moving the goalposts, constantly pursuing things all the time. Just reflect on that. Less striving, or let's change that. A delicate balance between striving and being. Because I feel that if you move either way too far, it can lead to issues, as with most things in life. Number 13, stories matter. Stories are important. Everything about our life, we make stories about it. Where you are right now, there's a story about it. You watching me? There's a story about it. You've got a story about me, whether you like me or you don't. Things that I'm saying you might find offensive. Maybe I don't know you because I don't know your background. I don't know your story, etc. The story that you have. But stories are everywhere. Beautiful thing about stories is it's a way to relate to people. We can connect through our stories. We can inspire. We can call to action. We can relate to people. There's so many different avenues with stories. We have stories that hold us back and keep us trapped in the past. They set our limitations, our expectations, they just keep us stuck. They're pretty much like handcuffs. We also have stories that can strive us moving forward, pushing us towards our goals and our vision and our dream life. It's up to you because you're the one with the pen. Don't let someone else write your story for you. You are the narrator. You are the main character. You are the writer. You are the one responsible for writing your story. So if you don't like the story that you've made up about yourself, change it. 
Give new meaning to your past experiences. Write the next few chapters in a different light. Change the qualities of the main character, which is you. There's so many things you can do with our stories. Also, call yourself out on those stories, which is aligned with those excuses. You know, the story you tell yourself that makes it okay for you not to do the things you say you're going to do. Like, you know, when you say you're not going to go to the Macca's drive-thru or when you say, I'm going to get up at this time and you don't or you don't do the thing that you're meant to do. We have this story that lets us off the hook. It's just something that we do. So use your stories to your advantage. Stories are going to motivate you, inspire yourself, and also inspire others. So you can relate to other people that have had similar challenges because your story might be the success story that someone else really needs to get them through a difficult time. So I encourage you, share your story. Every person out there has got a good story. Someone will get something from your particular story, so I encourage you to share it, yeah? And can think about just every part of it. It's another page in your story. It's all part of it. It's all brought you to who you are. It's all relevant. Every piece matters, but be mindful of what kind of a story you're creating, what kind of dialogue you have, what kind of narrative you have. There's a concept that I was talking to someone about or a therapy called narrative therapy, uh, therapy, where you essentially can rewrite the narrative around past experiences or difficulties that you're going through right now. And I did that intuitively and can't remember where I learned it, but very interested in looking up that particular type of therapy because I think it's very powerful. Number 14, there are pros and cons to everything, literally everything in your life. You need to evaluate it. So let's say you're in a position where you need to make a decision or you'd like to make a decision and you feel that you should make a decision. Reflect on what the pros and cons are of staying exactly the same as what you are now, not taking action, and the pros and cons of making the change. You can do this for multiple options in terms of change, but there are pros and cons. And even the shitty behavior that you're tolerating now or the difficult situation that you might be in that you really haven't changed, there are benefits to it. Otherwise, you would have done something about it because you haven't quite hit that region beta paradox that we spoke about earlier for, what number was it? Number eight. So reflect, what are the pros and cons of your situation now? What are the pros and cons of any choices that you want to be making moving forward? Because they are there if you look hard enough. There are pros and cons to literally everything. I was faced with a decision today about whether I was going to do this podcast episode. Wasn't prepared. Wasn't. It's been a while since I've done a solo, and but I pride myself on being able to just jump in uh, with minimal prep and throw something together. And at the end of the day, it's all communication. It's going to help me in the long run. There were pros to doing it. Also will help me get closer to 40 podcast episodes before the end of the year. The cons were that I was unprepared, a bit of a rush. You know, you have that thing in your head, like what if you do a crap job and, you know, it's just – yeah, we have that little thing where we get a little bit judgy with ourselves. But I'm like, you know what? The pros outweigh the cons because I will get better regardless and some people won't like it anyway. But yeah, I'm going to put myself out there and do it. So if you found it valuable, drop a comment. We'd love to hear which points really resonate with you. Number 15, be careful what you let in. And when I say what, I mean everything. I mean the information that you let in what you expose yourself to, the people that you hang around, the environments that you go to. It's all having an impact on you. It's all having epigenetic changes. It's actually affecting your genetic makeup, not changing your genes, but it is switching genes off and on. The stress that you put yourself through, where you apply yourself, who you listen to, who are the people that you get advice from, what are they talking about? What's popping up in your newsfeed? There's, there's all these things that you should be considering in terms of what you're letting in because if every if you're surrounding yourself with negativity 
or people that really don't align with your values or situations that you don't feel comfortable with, but in a way that really compromises your morals or values or what you stand for. I don't mean uncomfortable as in challenging you, but be mindful of what you let in because you can find people that will talk you out of the, the dream job, the dream relationship, the dream life. People will convince you not to do it if you are not careful about who you listen to. So in terms of that, who do you listen to? Where do you put yourself? Places that fill your cup, places that give you energy in a positive way, places that challenge you, places that you learn from, places that move you in the direction that you want to be going because you literally have endless choices and possibilities at your disposal. So I encourage you to think, what am I letting in? Who am I letting in? Where am I putting myself? And how much of that do you have control over? Number 16, Things are rarely black and white. Looking at the yin-yang principle, you know, there's a little bit of bad in the good and there's a little bit of good in every bit of bad. Also goes with those pros and cons we were talking about not long ago. But in terms of things being black or white, look at nutrition debates, for example. People say, you know what? Plants are going to kill you. Other people say plants are amazing. We only need plants. Other people say, you know what? Meat's the way. Be carnivore. Other people say meat is carcinogenic. There are so many different people out there with so many different opinions. And you know what? They genuinely, wholeheartedly believe in those opinions most of the time. And they feel that they're actually helping other people by pushing that agenda. But what they forget is that for all the benefits that they may be feeling, that's specific to them. And it may be specific to the people that they can relate to, the people that are in their circle, again, focusing on who you let in. But it might be a completely different map for someone else and it may lead to catastrophic results for someone else. So look at both sides of the argument. Someone was on my Facebook and they talk about how they actually look at an argument and how they form a conclusion. And they have an unbiased opinion by looking at all the information, listening to debates um, and figuring out all the ins and outs and then making an informed decision. Because I think there is a time and a place for plants and I definitely think there's a time and a place for meat. I know there's some people argue that people live a lot longer in terms of longevity, not living on meat, living strictly on vegetables. But you know what? I decided to include more fiber. People, Some people say fiber's bad. I actually feel pretty good on fiber and having some plant-based protein. But I actually feel even better having high amounts of meat as well. There's a time and a place for most things. So I encourage you, look at all the pieces of information. This also goes with who you let in where you get your information from, who you listen to, because there's so many factors that are aligned with this. Things are very rarely black and, or white. They're potentially black and white, maybe even gray, maybe even an eclectic color of random things. So many different colors out there, so many different flavors. It's entirely up to you which ones you decide. You are the narrator of your life. You're in the driver's seat, which we'll get to later. So make your own decision. Learn and then make your own decision. Number 17, dream big. I really think a big part of your capacity to do anything is limited by your dreams, what you think is actually possible for you. And I think you'll meet those expectations. Everything that's ever been created, if you look at the aeroplane, even me being on this radio right now, all these things started off with a dream and a vision that someone had. And they believed that it was possible. And I guarantee there would have been a bunch of people out there saying, that won't work. Don't waste your time there. Follow the crowd. Do this. But they knew that it was possible. And they worked relentlessly towards actually making it an outcome, something that we're all benefiting from right now. So dream big. Because if you dream small, you can still hate it. 
it can still suck. You can still fail. So you can fail at the things you don't want to do. But if you dream big and you get even close, it's better than not dreaming at all. So set a really high standard for yourself. Then put in the work to achieve it. The dream may change over time. You're not stuck with that dream. It's not concrete. But dream big. I encourage you to really dream big. And you know, once you achieve that, the next goal and the next step, you can start off small initially to give you some early wins along the way to build confidence, to keep moving towards the big goal. But think of something big, a huge dream, because that actually, that dream makes all the challenges and the hardship and everything worth it because it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the story. You can push through when you focus on a big enough dream. It's also attached to your why, but really consider dreaming big. Number 18, you will pop up eventually. Take action. So many people are just sitting on the fence, just passengers in life, spectators, just hoping things are miraculously going to change for the better. Someone else is going to do it. Someone else is going to save the day. It's their responsibility. I'm not going to take ownership for this. I don't have to do anything. I work hard enough, blah, 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 blah. All these stories, again, overlap. The stories really aren't helping you. You always think, you know, I got to plan more. Yeah, planning comes into it. You really should go into something with a plan. We'll touch on that later. But you can be moving the ball in the right direction today with something that you need to be doing. Whether it's making that phone call and booking an appointment with someone that you need advice from, whether it's looking up some information, whether it's doing some push-ups, it could be so many different things that you could be doing that you're just not acting on. And we don't really learn just from absorbing information. We don't retain it until we apply it. So take action and you'll learn along the way. Just like someone at uni, a lot of the stuff that they actually learn in the real world, like yes, they get their basic degree and it gives them an understanding and they essentially learn how to learn when they're in university. Most of the stuff they actually really need comes from the experience, where they're actually out in the world applying themselves, learning from experience, putting themselves in difficult situations, thinking on the spot, making mistakes, learning from it, and growing. It's coming from taking action. So many times in my life I've been powerless by my own reasons because there were the stories I had in my head that I couldn't take action for whatever reason. You know, it's not the right time or I have to wait for this to happen and blah, blah, blah. Anytime that I took action, big things happened every single time. And I've seen this time and time again with so many people out there taking action, whether it's asking for what you want or making a start and pursuing your own goals. It could be absolutely anything, but take action. Number 19, all or nothing does not work long-term. All or nothing simply does not work long-term. Everyone out there loves these get rich quick schemes or lose 30 kilos in 12 week schemes. All these things out there where people do these unsustainable amounts of work. Look, taking fitness, for example, ultra low calorie deficit, super high training frequency and volume, simply unsustainable. The minute Christmas comes or you get sick or you have a, I can't be bothered day, you're like, well, that is way too hard. Despite the fact that you lost a substantial amount of weight and you're like, wow, the scale's going down. I feel really good about it. But then when you stop, put it all back on because you've messed up with your metabolism, you've lost motivation, you feel defeated, you had a couple of great photos, your personal trainer's got an awesome testimonial because he just thrashed you, he didn't really know what he was doing, probably you walked around miserable most of the time because life just sucked because all your hormones were wrecked as well, and then you go, holy crap, now I'm just ballooned up and I need to go back to my PT, and the yo-yo diet happens, or the yo-yo training program as well. Same thing with workloads. People work at unsustainable levels that they just simply cannot do long-term and they get rapid results whether it's making money. Now, that's fine if you have an exit strategy and you have a plan. If there is a plan and you know you need to apply yourself in a bit of a sprint, 
that is fine. If you have an exit plan and it shouldn't be completely stopping, you should be able to go to a new maintenance, not at the workload that you were doing previously, but come down to a bit of a deload, maintain for a bit until you need to do the next sprint. But you cannot sprint all the time. Anyone that tells you you can is a liar. And if they are, they're simply just running on stress hormones because they just constantly think they're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. So really consider thinking long-term. Think about what can you maintain. Add the odd sprint in there. Think a bit of fartlek training, interval training in terms of your life. There are times to sprint, times to relax, but also consistency trumps everything. So go at a pace that you can do long-term. Number 20, this one's a big one. I've just written the word emotions and a lot of things come up for me when I read the word emotions. Considering emotions, there are so many different components. The first thing I'd like to point out is negative emotions are a part of the deal and they're not even really negative. They're giving us a message. They're sending us a signal. They're a part of the human experience. We're meant to feel sad. We're meant to feel unhappy at certain points. There's sometimes there's perfectly good reasons to feel sad. In fact, there's situations that if you felt happy when you should be sad, you probably think that there's something wrong with you. It would actually be considered a disorder if you were happy all the time. We have this idea that we're in this constant pursuit of happiness, and don't get me wrong, we want to stack the odds in our favour to feel more happy moments than negative moments. We always want to avoid pain most of the time. But negative emotions are a part of the deal. And when we have this expectation that we're meant to feel happy all the time, that's when shit gets bad. That's when we start looking at denial. That's when we look at numbing our emotions. We look at substance abuse and maladaptive coping strategies to manage stress or unpleasant sensations. Looking at the evolution, people often don't like the, un the unhappy experience. Then they look for strategies to make it go away. Then once they've leveled up from that, people go, you know what, you've got to manage your emotions. Don't get me wrong. There are times that you do need to manage your emotions. That is correct. You must manage them because things still need to get done. You need to keep your cool at work. You need to be able to put on the front when you're in a certain situation where you have to perform or you need to be present for your kids. So there are certain times that you do not need to express those negative emotions. When you move from managing them, the next step is to actually sit with them and experience them and feel them and allow yourself to process them. I had a chat with Yuri, who was uh, one of our guests on podcast. I'm not sure what episode it was. Great episode. You should check it out. But we're talking about processing emotions. And he actually shared a bit of information where he said, you know, in this situation, we're going unscripted because all our sessions are unscripted. Every podcast is live. And we just see what happens. And he's like, you know, it's a vulnerable position because essentially I have control. And he's managing his state in that particular moment. But later that day, he would allow himself the opportunity to process emotions. And I think most of the time we just want to put the mask on, get rid of the unpleasant emotion, perform where necessary instead of falling apart, which is important when you're looking at success. But we do need to be able to go to a position where we can process them. Then the next step is we need to be able to express them in a healthy way, whether it's through something like art, whether it's creating, whether it's connecting with someone that we care about in our support network, connecting with other people and understanding the emotions and how they impact our life. There are so many different effects and elements when it comes to emotions and it was something that you know, I, I really didn't want to experience for a big part of my life, except for the happy ones. And a lot of people chase them for a long time. Understand that you know, it's part of the process. Emotions are a part of the deal. Embrace them, learn to work with them and enjoy them. 
Number 21, the RAS. Most of you would have heard me talk about the RAS before. So the RAS is short for the reticular activating system. If I paint this picture for you, if we're both, all of us are driving down the street in a car, I'm driving, and you intend on buying a yellow car, you would notice all the yellow cars outside. I wouldn't see them because I don't really care about any yellow cars. Maybe for me, I notice something about boxing. They have a boxing background. You wouldn't pick up on it because you don't care about boxing. I heard someone else frame this where they said, imagine if you were driving down the car, or reflect on your drive here. This was on, I don't know, one of the social media platforms. I thought it was very well done. They said, imagine, uh, how many red cars did you see on the way here? And they said they couldn't remember. And they said, imagine if I told you that for every red car that you saw, I give you $100. You'd pick up on absolutely every red car. That's one way that you can frame it where you can look at opportunities. So the RAS is a filter. We have thousands of pieces of information coming at us at any one time. We're filtering through the RAS because it decides what's important to us and what's not. Because if we process it all at once, we would literally go insane. So you can use this to your advantage by training yourself to find more of what you want Find your blessings, things to be grateful for, your successes, appreciation of things, opportunities, solutions to problems, and less of what you don't want, which would be negative experiences, critical thoughts, all these different things that you know we really want to be moving away from if we, are, if we can. We don't want to completely deny ourselves that experience. But use the rest to your advantage. Train it. It is a filter and you own it. Yeah, It's essentially like the algorithm that we have on Facebook, things that are important to you. You say, you know what? Uh... You mentioned bears, you're going to get bears in your newsfeed. You want to go to another country, it's going to pop up in your newsfeed. Just like Google, the ads, the algorithm works the same way as the RAS. The algorithm knows what you want. Essentially, the algorithm is a computerized version of the reticular activating system. So learn to, if you don't like what's coming up in your newsfeed of life, the things that you are noticing, put some work into changing it. Edit it. Mix it up a bit. Number 22, be persistent. This goes with the whole concept of failure as well. People being scared of failure, the minute they get a little bit of negative feedback or a negative experience or an unpleasant emotion or less than desirable outcome, they're like, nah, I quit. I don't like this because it wasn't an easy kill. You have to be persistent with what you want. Chatting to someone today at the gym and he was telling me how he'd been pursuing joining the Fire Brigade for five years. Didn't get through, got so close to all these reasons that he couldn't get in there, like failing a particular test and then studying for the wrong test and then changing the outcome at the end and then failing something else and then COVID happening. Five years later, he's just been accepted getting in. That is the epitome of delayed gratification because most people go, not, not for me, failed, that's it. Got another guy, Dave Rossborough, who was on the podcast recently, I think episode 35. He joined boxing, started training with me just part-time. I still train some fighters for fun. And he had the goal of, you know, winning a master's title. That was one of his goals. He had his first fight, one by knockout, one in eight seconds. In his second fight, he tore his bicep. And he came back to the corner. We, I gave him the option because as far as I was concerned, he demonstrated to me he could still intelligently defend himself. If he couldn't, I would have stopped the fight. But he was able to continue and he won the fight. But regardless, the injury didn't get any worse. He just didn't use that arm. It didn't really have an impact on it. He won the fight, but he was out of training for a really long time. After that, I think it was either after that or before it, he was meant to fight someone else. No, sorry, it was before it. He was meant to fight someone else for the state title. And on the day, 
he was told that his blood pressure was too high and he got knocked back. He'd sold tickets, he'd trained for it, he'd given up work, all these things, and he didn't get the opportunity. Then the injury followed that. And then he had a massive layoff. Then he had to do his rehab. Then he came back and he just had another state uh, title opportunity and he won it. Most people would have just given up. They wouldn't have had the ability to navigate their way through all those setbacks. Like people just go, you know what, life doesn't want me to do it. You know, it's just not not working out for me. It's just not really for me. It's time to move on to something else. And people would fully understand that and they would back you up and go, yeah, man, you know, it's a lot easier if you just don't. But that persistence for what you want is essential because that is something you can cultivate. That is a skill that you can apply anywhere in your life. And it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you will get the desired outcome. But what it does do is give you the best opportunity to get the desired outcome. And it does give you a unique mindset and skill where you're focused on effort and hard work that you can apply absolutely anywhere. So I encourage you, be persistent. Be flexible with your methods, but be persistent. Number 23, where you put yourself matters. It does. If you're in hanging around with a group of really fit people, you might not feel the best at the start if you're not fit, but they're going to encourage you to get fit. You're going to be hanging out with people that are eating well. You're going to be hanging out with people that are saying, hey, man, I'll call you back. I'm going to go do a workout. They might be tracking food. They're going to be motivating you. They might even have a story similar to yours because they've transformed themselves. In terms of growing, you know, a lot of people want to be the big fish in a small pond and they don't want to step out of that into the big world. Be mindful of where you put yourself because where you put yourself will have an impact on what you expect of yourself, the limitations that you have, what you think is possible for you in your life, what you strive for. What is possible? It's reflect on what you think is possible right now and reflect on the environment that you're in, whether it's a negative work environment, whether it's just a group of friends of yours that put you down. It could be a number of things. Where are you putting yourself and how is that having an impact on your life? Because it really does matter. When people are feeling unpleasant emotions or sadness or depression or anything like that, two things that you generally have control over, first one being your behavior, the things that you're doing, it's the easiest way to facilitate some sort of change. And the next one is your environment. What environment are you in? Where are you putting yourself? A lot of it is situational. So ask yourself, and don't be wrong, there are exceptions to this rule, but it's a good place to start. So be mindful of where you're putting yourself because it matters. Number 24, to win, you have to be prepared to lose. It's part of the process. You don't shoot your shot. Yeah, you can't score. You might miss. A lot of things come with it. Attached to that fear of failure. But you have to be prepared to lose because if not, you're not even playing. You're not even going to have a go, which means you have no capacity of winning. You have to be prepared for people to say no. You have to be prepared to get rejected. Every time someone's interested in a life partner or anything like that, Someone's got to make the first move. They might get shut down, but if they don't try, at least maybe they feel like their their self-esteem's intact, which it's really not because they're not really engaging with anyone else and getting any real fulfillment or connection. But you have to be able to be prepared to lose, to fail, to learn from the experience and be shut down potentially. So many things that come from it and learn to lose well. Learn to look at the lesson from the loss. Learn how you frame the failure. You have to be prepared to lose. So I encourage you to give it some thought. Where can you put yourself where it's a little bit risky? I don't mean, you know, mortgage your house and bet it all on red at the casino. Not that kind of risk. But 
Where can you put yourself where you have a bit of competition and something that you can excel, where there is a little bit of a risk, where it can be uncomfortable. There might be some rewards, but encourage you to consider that you need to be prepared to lose in order to win. Number 25, stop escaping pain. Pain is inevitable. We're always going to experience some form of pain. It's a part of life. It lets us know that we're alive. So many people out there are making bad mistakes. They've got maladaptive coping strategies, addictions. There's all sorts of things that come from people trying to escape pain. They keep putting off the things that need to be done. Then more pain comes as a result. Eventually, you have to pay up and you have to face all the pain. There are consequences for your actions, for your behaviors. It's a part of it. You need to learn to accept it and take responsibility for it. And the fact that you can actually handle it. There are positive ways you can do it. There are people out there that can help you. Other people have overcome the same issues. You are more than capable of dealing with it. So I encourage you, wherever you are at life right now, reflect on what are you avoiding? What are you not doing that you should be doing? What's uncomfortable? What's what's deep, dark in your closet? There's a little bit of shame attached to what you're avoiding that you don't want to face in a safe, supportive environment. Obviously, this is a bit of a vague uh, answer, but I encourage you to learn and do what is necessary to be able to safely face the pain because then you can move on because if you can overcome that, the skeleton, the closet, all the things that are holding you back, all the unpleasantries, you can literally do anything. I've seen, heard some really interesting stories from people through trauma, addiction, all sorts of things. The finally they go, you know what, I'm going to face it. I'm going to step up. I'm not going to run from it anymore. I'm going to face it head on and I'm going to move forward with my life. And those are amazing stories. Number 26, again, you can see that I've just jotted these down and they are quite similar. Deal with your shit, yeah? We've all got things that have happened to us. We've all got negative experiences. We've all got things we've done wrong, shame, all these things, guilt, the works. Deal with it. Bad things happen to you. Bad things have happened to everyone. And I'm not saying that anyone deserves it and I'm not saying that I'm not trying to take away from your story in any way, shape or form, but I encourage you to deal with it. Find a way to move forward. Find that way to do the things that you want to do, to still live a happy, healthy, successful life, to turn the sad story into an inspirational story despite the negative things that have happened to you. Find a way to deal with your shit, whether it's seeing a therapist, whether it's doing it yourself, joining a support group. So many things, so many negative constraints that have happened in your life, negative qualities you might not be happy about. Many of them are in your power to control that you can actually change. You have the capacity to do something about it. If you can't, then acceptance is a big part of it. It can also be a way to deal with it, accepting the, the negative things, the negative parts of you, negative experiences, etc. But find a way to deal with your shit. You're an adult, you're a grown-up, deal with it. Number 27, connections matter. Connections is one of the most underrated elements of well-being. People don't even consider it. Harvard did a study over 85 years to figure out what was the biggest factor contributing to longevity and health. Wasn't a diet, wasn't whether or not you smoked or drink alcohol. Yes, all those things do have an impact. But the one factor was connections, positive relationships, meaningful relationships with other people. Yes, we all need time alone. Yes, you need to be able to operate in isolation at times. Yes, you need to be independent. But at the same time, we need to connect with other people in positive, meaningful ways. There are so many different ways to do this. It can be joining a sporting club. It could be joining a community group. You can meet people absolutely anywhere like-minded individuals at the gym, like-minded individuals doing something you're interested in. So many different groups like Mankind Project, Island of Men out there for any men that want to connect with other men that are focused on doing the work, that have been through their own shit. 
and I'm moving towards positive outcomes. So many ways to connect with others. It is so important. People do not do enough of it. You need to form meaningful and positive relationships. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in your immediate network or family that you have right now. It can be in a number of ways. So I encourage you to find new ways to make positive and meaningful connections. Number 28, prioritize your health. Prioritizing your health is essential. It's one of the things that we all take for granted for so long, myself included. Many times that I literally just thrashed my body, whether it was moving towards the next milestone in terms of physical performance. So many athletes do this. So many people out there striving that are pushing themselves through work. They're not considering their health and how it's going to impact the quality of their life. You can't do the things you want to do if you don't have a good vehicle and your body is the vehicle. And I'm not saying that you have to be 7% body fat and you need to be jacked and shredded or anything like that. But if you're doing things that you know are willingly damaging your body, whether you're exposing yourself to things where over-consuming alcohol or not getting enough physical movement in, neglecting your sleep, not managing your stress, not eating well and living off junk food, for example, all the inflammation, all the negative consequences that are happening in your body, there are so many things that impact your health. And that also goes with the way the environments that you put yourself in and who you expose yourself to and the information coming in. So many parts impact your physical and mental health. So I encourage you, do not take it for granted because it might be the last thing on your priority list right now, but when you have a health condition, it'll become number one very quickly. It'll become the only thing that you actually think about. So prioritize your health. Number 29, listen to your body. It is trying to tell you something. It is sending you messages, whether it's pains, whether it's physical sensations where you get that uneasy feeling, whether you're avoiding something that you should be addressing, a niggling injury, maybe a, a physical symptom, maybe an unpleasant feeling in the body that comes up when you're faced with a particular topic like a trigger. The body is sending you messages. You must listen to it because if you ignore it, it will continue to get louder. And you can numb it and you can deny it. And you can pretend it's not there and silence it any way that you can, but it will get louder. It is calling out and it is sending you messages every minute of the day. So I encourage you, check in. How are you feeling? Is there some tension? Is there some pain? Are you relaxed? Is there some heat? Do a bit of a body scan. Build your awareness. People that want to go to the gym, you can build that my-muscle connection by actually forming new connections with the actual muscles where you can tense them to the maximum extent to cause more micro tears and grow stronger. There are so many things that you can do with this. Everyone will benefit from checking in with their body, listening to it. Do not ignore it. It is trying to tell you something. Number 30, work on your mindset. This is a big one. Again, there are so many things you can look at at mindset. You can ask yourself, are you a positive person? Do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Are you pessimistic? Do you look for solutions or do you always look for problems? How do you frame scenarios? Do you always see the bad parts in life, no matter how good things are? Cup half empty, cup half full kind of person. So many things. Also with the mindset, consider what thoughts keep coming up for you because those thoughts are also trying to tell you something. They're often trying to tell you that a need in some capacity is not being met. And there's something you could potentially be doing about that, an action that could be linked to that, that you're probably putting off. Maybe you're procrastinating. Maybe you're not listening to your body. Maybe you're not doing what needs to be done. There are a lot of things that come from it, but work on your mindset because your mindset will literally get you through every single thing. And 
It is also attached to the stories that you tell yourself, the stories about your experiences, stories that give meaning to everything that you do throughout your day. Your mindset will help you endure absolutely everything, but it can also turn a heaven into a hell and vice versa. So play with your mindset. If you don't know much about it, reach out, find people. There's plenty of courses online. It is a very powerful thing to do. And it's not just as simple as reading a self-help book and going, that was great, man. That was, that was excellent. And put it back on the bookshelf. You actually have to do things to change your mindset consistently over time. Just like you can't expect to get jacked or shredded doing 20 push-ups in one day or one session at the gym and walk out and go, why aren't I jacked yet? It has to happen over time. Yeah. And doing a couple of positive affirmations in the morning and the rest of the day, you're criticizing everyone and yourself and got a really negative mindset. It's really out of balance. So you need to consistently be working on ways to improve your mindset. It will change the trajectory of your life. Number 31, call yourself out. Where are you not doing what you need to be doing? Where can you step up? Where are you not stepping up? Call yourself out on it. I call myself out on this quite often. There's plenty of times when I'm just not doing things. This was one of them, you know, preventing myself from actually doing this podcast episode. I encourage you, call yourself out and take action. We have run out of time and we got up to 31 and that was brief. Okay. Let me know which numbers you enjoyed. Really curious, ones you didn't agree with, ones that you found valuable, anything that resonates with you. Do you have a story or a memory or anything attached or an experience that you can share related to the things that I've just mentioned? Let me know in the comments. Feel free to watch the replay on Radio Karam, also on Audible, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Thank you. Hello, I'm Con. And I'm Stav. And, and we're we Eddie Nucky. Nucky. You're listening to Radio Karam. Mm-hmm.